Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. All right, today on the show, we've got with us Mr. Dave Seymour. He spent 16 years as a firefighter, uh, eight years flipping in Boston, and we can touch on his A&E show around that. He's now a private equity fund manager and originally immigrated from London, England. So there's a lot to dive in there, but without further ado, Dave, welcome. How are you? Oh, well, brother, thank you. I, it kind of like sums up my life in four sentences. And, you know, in four sentences, it, 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 you know, you don't sound that cool. You know what I mean? But if I, I disagree, life, I, you, I disagree. But, <laughs> you got a lot of cool stuff in there. And it took me like, you know, 15 seconds to get it out. I love that. You know, I tell you what I could do. We could mix up your, your Texas, uh, your Texas twang with, with a little bit of Cockney rhyming slang from the East End of London, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, no, nobody will understand a word of what we're talking about. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Anyway, man, lost. I'm, I'm well, I'm well. Um, you know, it's crazy time right now, but uh, you know, out of, out of fear and, and scarcity and you know, everything that we've gone through. Yep. As a, as a country, uh, financially, you know, it create it creates some opportunity. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a scary time, but it's a good time. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to play in the sandbox, you know? Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's, so we're recording this, somebody listening in the future, recording this basically kind of July, 2020, right? There's been COVID, there's been shelter in place. We were talking before the show, you're in Boston, I'm in Texas, maybe yeah. some different approaches for each of those two uh, states that have taken all this stuff, but you're right. It's never going to be all opportunity or all uh, pain and sorrow. It's always both, right? I mean, there's, sure, there's, sure. there's always both. So that certainly there'll be some opportunity, but I want to dig in a little bit, um, you spent a lot of time as a firefighter um, and then you, you transitioned to flipping houses. I could certainly relate to that. And then at some point you came over to the States. Let, let's unpack some of that. What was the, what was the, tra- how'd you get into real estate? I mean, what was yeah, the initial no, transition? Great, look, great questions, man. There's a, there's lessons to be learned from other people's mistakes. You know what I mean? And uh, some people, you know, pay for education. Some people pay for education. Because, yeah. you know, in, in this world of real estate, you pay for your education one way or another. You get mentored and you learn the industry, you learn the business, or you make your own, own mistakes along the way. And, and those are financial as well. So look, without, without making it too long of a story, I was uh, just turned 20 years old. And it seemed like a really good idea to emigrate, um, get married and join the United States Air Force. And uh, I, my, I met my, my first wife in, in London. And that brought me to the States. Um, she was, uh, we had been dating a while. And I, I lived in, I lived in Wheeling Bar Guard, West Virginia. And if you want to, you want to take a, you want to take a Londoner, right? A kid from the streets of London and put him down in Wheeling Bar Guard, West Virginia. That's, that's a heck of a culture shock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> was that and, where you were uh, deployed or that's where you were stationed? Or what, how'd no, you it wasn't military. I mean, I was going to join uh, the, the Air Force. I just didn't quite get there, man. I had, sure, I had sure. a few challenges along the way. But anyway, I, um, I eventually moved up to, to New England. And while I was up here in New England, um, you know, maybe I got, got some advice that some of your listeners might have got, you know, get a good government job. You're a police, firefighter, uh, mailman, right? takes an act of Congress to lose one of those jobs they used to say. And of course it was always sold to me under the premise of a, a really nice retirement as well. You know, a, sure. lot of, a lot of folks will take those government positions for, uh, for their retirement. 
So that's what I did, man. I stepped into uh, I stepped into firefighting. I um, I was worked as a police officer part time. I've done quite a few things. And um, here's the challenge, though. I today I I, I kind of like classify myself as a as a blue collar guy in a white collar world. And right. um, when I say a blue collar guy, I mean I was I was taught that you know you trade time for money. Um, and if that's all you do in life, you're going to reach a, you're going to reach a ceiling and you can't go any further. But, um, I had the spending habits of a millionaire and the income of a, uh, of a, of an average dude. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I was a financial donkey, man. I'm going to be very direct with you. I'll go ground zero right here. I was, I was a financial donkey and, um, you know, I didn't understand money. I didn't understand how to, I didn't understand that money was a tool. I didn't understand that debt is a tool. You know, we're taught out, I was taught my whole life, you know, get out of debt. Don't have any sure. debt, you know, um, work harder. That's what you, you need to work. You need another job, David. That's what you need, right? And um, I, I landed in real estate when I was trading 120 hours every single week for money between right. between three jobs firefighting um construction uh which i'm grateful for i had a little construction company on my days off and then <laughs> check this one out there already retail security i was like oh man pot, yeah pot roast <laughs> police baby you know and um i i put it in kind of like a humorous term today but at the end of the day man there's a price to pay for that and it cost me a marriage it cost me a home it cost me you know so i paid the price anyway um I was in my truck. I've been a, a, an F-150 guy from, from as soon as I could learn to drive in the States. And um, I was screaming and shouting at my God. And uh, I'm like, you know, I've done everything you said I was supposed to do, man. I didn't lie. I didn't cheat. I didn't steal. I worked hard. And everything's going to crap. What's up? You know? Right. And then yep. right there and then there was one of those infomercials came over on the radio. You know, free free one and a half hour seminar coming into your neck of the woods, and um, you know, I pay attention. That's what, one of the things I learned early in my career was to pay attention from people who have done what I wanted to do, and I began to pay attention. And I got, I went to an event, I got trained up, I spent the last of the capital that I had available to me, uh, thanks to my beautiful wife Mary Beth. She became my first private lender. <laughs> That's the way I describe <laughs> it today. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, man. Um, you know, fixing single family homes is, uh, doesn't get my heart rate up. I mean, I can do that with my eyes closed today. I sure. just coached a couple of guys up here in Boston, their, first, their second, sorry, single family deal that they did. And um, he texted me and he's like, uh, you know, we got multiple offers on our property. Uh, we Love took it. the highest one. You know, they waived inspection. They're putting 20% down, no mortgage contingency. And we'll make 170,000 on this deal. Beautiful. 170 grand on a single family house, right, Devin? And I'm thinking to myself, spread. yeah, like I go, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. is, which is horrendous today. It's like, I, I got to smack myself on the back of the head. But the truth of the matter is, is that when you've done one thing successfully for, you know, year after year after year after year i've been in this game for over 12 years now um then you you know you it's like what's your next challenge right and, um that's where we're at today we're looking at uh you know a different a different path in our own business um but focused around doing really good work for other people right if you can do really great work for somebody else 
what can I do for you? It's kind of like we, before the, before we started this recording, right? Hey, yep. what do you want to talk about? A little bit of this would be good. And then that's the law of reciprocity. What can I do for you? So we're doing, we're doing bigger things today. We're doing hundred million dollar, um, uh, raises today and, and playing in a, in a really cool sandbox that I've known how to play in for a long time. But uh, you wait for the right opportunity and the right people to come together. And that's, that's kind of where we're at today. Wow, that was kind of long-winded, but I think I did okay. What do you no, think? I love it. I love it. So right. there, right. there's a lot there, but the um, real estate is such a fascinating business model in that you can start uh, with nothing, flipping some houses, and, and you, you roll that into you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of projects. I mean, we, we've been on the same path. It's started out pretty humbly, and there was no... It was all kind of organic and, and just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. And so um, I, I love to learn more about what got you, you know, it seems like single family is a nice transition for people out of sure. a day job. You make big sure. chunks of capital, sure. kind of open your eyes to leverage and other people's time, other people's money, other people's knowledge, mm -hmm. all these foundational elements of real estate investing, which are game changers for a lot of us. Uh, and at some point you run into maybe some constraints on that. And you said, Hey, you know, you're bored with this single family stuff today, even if it's successful. And so what, what drove you into looking at some of the bigger stuff and what did that transition look like? Yeah. Great, great question, man. Great question. So, there's one thing that, that isn't highlighted early in um, you know, somebody's real estate investing career. And they don't talk about this thing called cash flow, right? Right. They don't talk about capital coming in every single month, month in, month out. You know, you flip a house, you use this, these gentlemen that I just referred to. Great, they made $170,000. That's fantastic. Um, that's about, you know, 33% of the value of the average single family home here in Massachusetts, just to, you know, put it all in perspective. Sure. Um, but guess what? There's not another one coming unless they do the work to do it. Right. Right. So, yeah. you know, as a, as an employee, a W2 employee, I knew that if I traded time for money, there'd be a paycheck at the end of the week. God will it. Right. So that, that was cash flow. Well, as entrepreneurs, real estate investors, we, we, we can't rely on consistent cash flow unless we make some, some pretty substantial moves. And um, you learn that lesson sooner rather than later. Some people step straight into multifamily and commercial asset classes. You know, some people have a natural progression. My first transaction was a, was a wholesale transaction. I made $5,000. You know, I, I left... I left the attorney's office, Devin. I was waiting for the cops to pull up and arrest me because it felt illegal. You know That's what I mean? That's right. I remember that feeling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that, that transition happened not out of necessity, but happened out of maturity. I right. think that's probably the best way to put it. Um, and then, well, that's great, one might say. So what did you buy? You know, 100 units right out of the gate. No, everything has been a process and, 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 and a moving in a forward direction. So from, from the single family business, you know, we did the TV show. Uh, that gives you national exposure. Your network expands and expands and expands. And I was asked to, um, to teach. And I'm like, what do you mean teach? They're like, Dave, you got a cool story, man. Immigrant, firefighter, TV show. Some people might relate to that. And it doesn't. It's, not, it's never a, um, like a morality scale or an income scale. All people, you know, why do we like Rocky? Because Rocky was down and then Rocky was up, right? right. That's why we like Rocky movies. Love it, yeah. People like that. It's the American dream. It's what this freaking country was founded on. 
was that if you choose, oh, I'm going to go political. If Let's you choose it. to get off your ass and not whine and complain and put your hand out, if that, if you choose not to do that, if you choose to take some action in life, we're in America, man. It's the greatest country in the world. And I don't care if there's one Englishman listening to it, including my father. I would never have been given the opportunities back home in England that would have been given to me here in the States. I carry an American passport and I'm, oh, I'm getting jacked up, dude. I carry an American passport. It's 4th of July. You kick their ass. And so you should, right? I carry an American passport. I'm proud of it. So when I was, I'm working through these progressions and I'm living in this culture, I'm thinking to myself, this can go as high as I want it to. So right. the guy says to me, do you, want to, do you want to train, Dave? Do you want to teach? And I'm like, who's, who's going to listen to me? And I said, what I said to you, you've got the story. So I start teaching and people like appreciate it and people resonate with it and people are like, come teach here. And I do some teaching in a different format, in a different format. And in the early days, I would go around to, to RIA groups, real estate investment clubs. And I, you know, I'd have a presentation and maybe I'd, I'd sell some kind of education stuff, you know, good, good stuff. It works if you work it type stuff. And then I look over my shoulder and I'm, I'm on stages with Tony Robbins and Damon John from Shark Tank. And, and I'm like, I'm, and I'm, I'm getting asked to go sit on, on the Today Show and Rachel Ray wants to interview us and have, have a chat. And I'm like, how the did this happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> so here's what happens. The influences from the outside will begin to determine the actions on the inside. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I found out. So I've got this new network. You know, Damon John said to me one time, he said, I have no interest. Take this one, right? I have no interest in giving people a handout. He said, but I will always show up to give somebody a hand up, right? Yep. It's that same kind of concept. Yep. So you've got this new network, access to capital. It just makes sense to elevate the game to the next level. And, you know, not, not a huge portfolio. I mean, I've coached, I've, I've counseled, I've mentored people who have done small deals up to, you know, huge deals. My own portfolio, probably 60 units at its height at one point, we just liquidated. Mm -hmm. And if I told you the numbers on liquidation, you, you'd fall off of your chair. I'll just <laughs> leave it at this. If I, if I bought it for a dollar, I sold it five years later for $2. Love and it. Now, yep. now deal with hundreds of thousands of dollars of real estate. So um, I was teaching it, Devin. I was teaching multifamily investing, um, asset classes, uh, funding. Um, I was coaching. I was showing other people how to do it. I was trained by a guy who owned as many as 7,000 units at the height of his own career. You know, it doesn't matter how many you can buy, how many can you manage, force the appreciation, increase the NOI, and make them more valuable. Can you do that? You know what I mean? So yep. that's kind of it, man. That's kind of like the journey and how I got to be where I am today. And now today we just do that for, for other investors so they don't have to do the work, right? They learn to put the money to work rather than themselves or as fund managers, you know, we go to work on their behalf. So yeah, love it. Well, thank you for that overview. And I think a lot of people come to that conclusion that maybe they've got some capital. They start invest, they start investigating real estate and go, oh, this yeah. is a great tool for all these reasons. And then they get to the point of the operations is no joke though. And I'm a, you know, dentist, attorney, whatever with limited mm -hmm. time. And, and then, you know, there's kind of this natural progression. We go, oh, let me just kind of passively invest this stuff, still get sure. tremendous benefits and zero the operational kind of headache that goes along with that. Right. So. Yeah. Um, here's, here's, the big, here's the big thing. If you look, 
if you do a 20-year look back, so invest in, you use 20-year, as you know, as a, as a barometer for success. Sure. And uh, I just did a little blurb on this the other day. If you look back at the, the risk um, versus return graph, for want of a better term, you know, you can go up to, to risk investments. They're categorized up to like a 25% risk. Well, if I got a high risk, then I, I would assume I want a high return. Well, a lot of the investments um, that are out there, small cap, large cap, bond, those kinds of things, they all kind of like hover around the 9 to 10% risk analysis number. And yet they still only show, you know, a 6, 7, maybe an 8% return on, right. the, on, the, on, the, on the ROI side of the equation. Consistently, looking back over that 20 years, commercial real estate has outperformed any one of these other investments. And it amazes me, I've taught all over the country, and it amazes me how highly intelligent people, right, with all the degrees on the wall, don't know, <laughs> they don't know the cost of their 401ks and their retirement plans, right. and they really don't know the returns. Right. Because you ask them, they go, well, I, I don't know. It's I just in there. I, th I think it's 2%. And you say, well, you know, is your 401k charging 2% on what? Well, it's, it's, it's 2%. Okay. Are you 100% sure? Yes. Okay. Well, well, how do you know? Well, it says it on my statement. Okay. Well, what's your return? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I learned a long time ago to pay attention, like I said, right? Right. And to know where the capital is and know what it's doing. And, you know, when you compare commercial real estate to um, those other investments out there, it consistently kicks its ass, brother. Straight up, you know, it consistently kicks its ass. So these high net worth individuals, because we only, we only um, um, qualify and allow into our fund accredited investors. Sure. Um, accredited investors, they're, uh, you know, they're usually very busy becoming accredited. That's right. Get it, right? <laughs> they spend a lot of time being accredited. You know, the doctor who's working in the practice, the dentist, the lawyer, the, you know, they're, they're, they're highly, they, they're paid well, don't get me wrong, right? People would say two million, three million, four million, whatever. But they're still trading their time for that amount of capital. So when it comes to a passive investment, they do what everybody else does. Give it to the, give it to the Wall Street guys. Sure. And look, I, I'm going to be very, very transparent. I, I, I don't play the Wall Street game. I don't know how to. I've never learned it. Um, so I've always invested in what I know, which has been sticks and bricks, because people are always going to need a house. Who would have figured? What's this one? I'm on a roll again. Who would have figured? <laughs> I told you I keep talking. Who would have figured that Zoom would be more valuable than Delta? Incredible. Right? Yep. Who would have ever figured? What's this one? Who would have ever figured that we maybe don't need a mall anymore. Mm -hmm. Think about the investors who did not diversify or hedge against any kind of downside. All they said was, is we're gonna ride the Trump train and we're just gonna go up. We can't, we can't ever go over a precipice because of, uh, because of all the restrictions that have been removed, right? So the movement right. of capital is strong. We'll go retail, 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 a little bit of mixed use retail, retail. I want to know how the quarterly distributions have been going for those investors who weren't diversified because they didn't understand what a fund does because as is a hybrid fund, 
or they just put all their eggs in that one basket, right? That one basket. And they, like, look, man, there's no right or wrong, Devin, right? There's just left or right. It's a choice that people make. But whoever would have thought that we'd be looking at the unemployment numbers? We just opened a casino here in Boston, a wing casino. It was like open for three months. Now it's been closed for four months. Oh, that's <laughs> tough. Yep. It's that crazy, man. It's crazy. But people will always need somewhere to put their head on a pillow and feel safe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. We've been pounding the drum on that for years. And we, we got to test that thesis here this year, which, um, you know, was, was interesting, but it, it holds up, right? I mean, there's lots of expenses people are going to cut before, uh, before they cut housing or they make some sort of other arrangements. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the fund. I mean, we kind of alluded it to, but what is, what's the focus there? Maybe, you know, sure. elaborate what, what's the target there? What market, what, what kind yeah, of yeah, asset yeah. class? Yeah. So look, whoever you are, I've learned a lesson in business and, and I know you'll, you'll, you'll back me up on this one. No matter how good I think I am, I can't do any of this on my own, right? No doubt, yeah. You can't. I'm the CEO of Freedom Venture Investments. And if you check this out at freedomventure.com, you'd find out a little more about us. But um, I, at the start of this year, uh, January, February, and then two weeks into March, I, um, I had just uh, pivoted in business and moved over to the lending side. And I was running a hard money lending company. We sure. had nine loan originators. We had about $15, $20 million um, in the pipe with borrowers ready to borrow the capital. We were working off of a line of credit from Wall Street, and we were going to turn that money over. And then COVID hit, and COVID said, no, 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 no more, no more non-QM, okay? Uh, Owner-occupied loans. Right. Because they're classed as risky on Wall Street, as you know, right? The, the guy who buys, fix, and sells single-family homes. And I watched, and I felt the pain of it. I watched my business go out of business in three days. Wow. Three days um, out of business, done. There's no, there's no hard money lending. Now, there's a lot of buzz out there right now that there's money out there. But if you dig a little deeper, it isn't there. Everybody's just trying to hold on to their clients. There's very few people that are lending. So, look, you lick the wounds as, a, as an entrepreneur and you say, okay, that hurt. You, you know, do the rocky thing, you lay down or you get up, right? So we got back up and um, I realized that it was those who control real capital, real money, not magic money, right? Not this, this imaginary balance sheet, like dollars. Um, the, the investor that controls those is going to win this game post-COVID. Yep. So um, I reached out to some, some guys that uh, I, I respected and connected with... Um, the second fund manager in, in my company, a gentleman by the name of Walter Novicki. And Walter has spent, he's a couple of years older than me, um, spent last seven, eight, nine years of his career doing as you do, Devin. He's a syndicator, right? He would syndicate assets, raise the capital, you know, he'd do a, a, an equity stack with the bank, maybe a, a 70, 30, whatever his relationships were. And um, probably raised over 140, 120 to 140 million in eight to 10 years down in the Gulf Coast of Florida. Right. Naples in that area. And um, what we, our business plan began with a couple of guys just looking at some fundamentals. And those fundamentals being, you know, population, competition, and then, you know, does somebody really want to be in this specific area? 
And we identified the, the Gulf Coast region as ticking all the boxes for us to, to really be successful. Um, also along the lines of this is a lot of the, the, the big boys are playing this game now as well. But what they, what they do is, is because they're big boys, they immediately want to go for the 250 units and above. Sure. Whereas, whereas our business model says, no, let them fight over that. Give me the crumbs. Let, let me take the, you know, the 60 to 121, excuse me, 12130. Let, let, let me be in that, that you know, uh, unit count. So we see a massive amount of inventory that has been managed, what we call mom and pop. Yep. Or what that means as well, right? Um, not professionally run, not professionally managed. And because that's the case, as soon as they hit a bump in the road, they're hurting. That's right. They see the because here's what, here's what we believe is going to happen. When the stimulus checks run out and the forbearances run out, you're going to see banks and property owners going, okay, it's time to pay. And they're going to go, I don't have the money to pay. And we may very well start to see these projected 10 to 15% reduction in rents into some of these assets. Well, that forces somebody into a position to buy. And somebody right. would say, you know, it's predatory. I didn't create the circumstance. I didn't, I didn't buy it wrong in the first place. I didn't manage it badly. I didn't have, I'm not the one who didn't have the cash reserves to, to yeah, that's to right. Ride, uh, you know what I mean? To write that. Yeah, you didn't the, run the out of money down. on it. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's where we focus their attention. So a culmination of myself, I get the, the, you know, the national reach, which I've been blessed to have. Um, you know, the TV show gave me the ability to open doors that a lot of other people would try very hard to open. They say, oh, that, that's that crazy English guy from the TV show. Yeah, I'll talk to him. <laughs> and then it's up to me to, to solidify, right? right? Solidify the relationship. So you take that combination with, with Walter, with his proven track record, um, you know, his targeted IRRs that he, he put on his, um, uh, on his track record, uh, you know, 15 to 18, and he consistently beat that. Yep. You know, so under promise, over deliver has been a, been, been a business model that's worked for us. So in Florida, the, not only the track record and the team that's already established there, um, I got a couple of stats that I pulled up here. Population in Florida is getting younger. The average age is now 41.6. Yeah. Right? Well, what does that mean? It means that it's not just I'm going to Florida to, you know, get warm and pass away and then go to God's waiting room. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, you know, 60% of the adults down there over the age of 25 uh, have, a, have a college degree. So I've got a higher earning um, uh, demographic now. Sure. Um, you know, job growth. I mean, we can't, we can't really rely on job growth numbers until we, we find a vaccine and we really see what's going on. But prior to COVID, the job growth was, says here, seventh in the country, 2017-18. So I've got statistics. I've got a buy box that we created. Right. Um, and I'm very, very confident in, you know, surpassing our targeted returns. We have a preferred rate of return for our investors targeted returns of eight to 10, and then our IRR targeted returns over the six year life of the uh, commitment, you know, coming in at 18, 20% are, are the numbers that we shoot for. Yeah, so was... stack that, my friend, against mm -hmm. other investments that are out there in the marketplace. Yeah, that's it. Everything's always in comparison to what, and next to uh, kind of a stock market gamble, 
um, 15 IRR, 18 IRR is, is amazing, right? And then, um, yeah. you know, for the uninitiated, maybe some tax benefits along the way and some K-1 losses and, and things like that, right? It's almost, I, I was talking with, uh, with a, a guy I know, he's got about, I don't know, a billion uh, under management, right? And that's mm -hmm. a big and he said, what a lot of investors and fund managers negate to bring to the forefront is the fact that every single asset, whether it's a syndicated deal, as you do, or we, we, you know, we, we put the diversification in there. If something goes a little skewy with one, you know, I've got the economies of scale with the others. Again, sure. right or wrong. But sure. he was saying to me what a lot of investors don't address is the fact that every single asset is a business itself. It has right. income and it has expenses. And, you know, to focus just on income is one thing, right? But if you don't ex focus on the, on the expense ratio on these assets, you know, then, then they, can, they can kill you, as you know. You know, if you can't manage a management company, then you're out of business before you even begin. Yep. So having, you know, having a, a defined business plan based on past performance is critical, and then you couple that with identifying the right market, couple that with the team already established and in place, you know, it gets, it gets to be pretty. Now I'm excited. You understand <laughs> what right. I said? Yep. Like I said to this, this, this guy the other, the other day, I said, now, now I'm excited, you know, uh, everything for a reason. God is good, man. He's good all the time. You just got to pay attention, you know, and let the, let the message come down as to, you know, what you got to do next. So, yeah, that's how I look at it, brother. That's how I look at it. Awesome. I love it. I, I want to learn a little bit more about the show. How, how did you, you know, you get the show on A&E. Um, was that fun? Was it a drag? How'd you get into it? I, you know, tell yeah, me about that. People always ask, man. It's, sure. It's funny. It's funny. Like my old man pulled up to my house the other day to drop off another package that my wife had ordered from Amazon. And <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> that's all. I did. There were two things that happened through COVID in my house. I ate. And my wife shot. And oh, my no kids doubt. Just ran around and drove us nuts. Yep. But um, yeah, the, the, look, the show was uh, the reason that I got it. I explained to you, I was in the education space. So, you know, I was traveling around a lot. I, and I, I was good. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back. I was good. I, I connected with audiences. They made investments and they, they changed their lives. And for that, I'm grateful to be given that opportunity. But within that, that circle of people was a guy sent me a, an email and he said, um, and this was 2009 or nine, about 2009, but you know, the market was still limping, you know, it was, it was hurting nine, 10, 11, as you know, and nobody gave a crap about flipping shows on HGTV or anywhere else. Sure. But um, this guy sent me a link and he said there was a production company in New York and they were looking to uh, bring a flipping show. Uh, back to uh, back to TV, and you know if you were interested, fill out the online application form. And it's funny, man. I, I'd learned enough by then to really bring that blue collar attitude with me everywhere I went. Right. And so with that comes comes a, a ton of of profanity. And uh, <laughs> I'm a firefighter, man. I mean, sure. You, know, you can take <laughs> take the firefighter out of the firehouse, you can't take the firefighter out of me. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. Um, I had this application and it was an online generic thing and I just loaded it with profanity, you know, uh, name of your company, <laughs> go beep yourself, LLC, 
stop wasting my beeping time, get on a plane, train, or an automobile, you beep, 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 you know, don't call me, Love just it. come see me, you know, and I, I just made some shit stuff up, um, and uh, I press send, <laughs> within 10 minutes, my phone rings with a 212 area code, right, New York, yep. there it and is. Um, the guy says to me, um, I, I answer the phone, and he goes, Film company, whatever the name of the film company was, I said, I thought I told you not to call me. And I hung up the phone. That was your and first call like, with them, huh? First call with them. I hung up on them. Because you know, <laughs> I, I said it, in my application, don't call me. Just come and stop filming. I'm your guy, you know? So you're congruent here with your uh, persona, right? Yeah, my, hanging yeah, up I'm on playing a game, love man. I'm, I'm yeah, playing I love a game, it. Yeah. And um, he called back and he was laughing his ass off. And he says to me, he goes, you're either a... A genius or a lunatic? I said I'm a little bit of both. Sure. Um, I had a loose relationship with my partner then, Peter. He was the other guy on the show. I'd done some some work for him and a couple of little investing type stuff with him. And I called him up. I so I so Pete, I just sold you as the money guy, Pete the Greek. I said you got to be at this house uh, at this time. We're going to be filming a pilot for a TV show. And he thought he, he thought I was breaking his, you know what? I was breaking mm -hmm. his stones. And I'm like, no, for real, dude. They're coming from New York. Come on, let's go. We filmed a little pilot. Uh, the executives at A&E Network, uh, I think the comment was, that big Englishman looks like he could get real angry. Let's see more <laughs> of that. <laughs> Straight yeah. up. So yeah. yeah, we did three episodes. Um, it's nice, man, because did, we didn't have to. We didn't have to fabricate anything. We didn't have to, you know. In New England, our, our, our stock is old, man. I mean, yeah, no doubt. house I ever worked on was like an eighteen, eighteen twenty or something like that. We got some That's old incredible. sticks and bricks. Sure. Yeah, you know. Um, and we did three episodes, and we figured eh, that's it. Well, then we found out that we had the highest rating ever in that time slot on A and E Network. Couple of couple of million idiots sat at home and looked at us and thought those guys are funny, and then they come back and they go, okay, we need another twelve episodes, and then we yeah. needed another, so we ended up doing twenty nine, thirty episodes with these guys, and um, you know, was it a pain in the ass? It was at the end. I'd be lying sure. to you, Dem, if I if I didn't say, did I make millions and millions of dollars being on TV? Nope, there ain't no Kardashian money over here, baby. No, yep. no getting paid for for kadunka dunk, you know, but. Um, it, it was obviously it was very good for <laughs> you can say kadunk dunk on a podcast yeah that's right yeah you can edit that out if you want All day uh, that's, long. that's that's probably the best i got but you know it just it wasn't a money maker and it was definitely a, a time suck yeah uh, for it sure really did. It, it really was a commitment to have a camera up your rear end 24 7 and towards the end you know we bended reality a little bit to keep, yeah, to keep sure. the show entertaining but it's weird, man. I, you know, I can be anywhere in the country and they're like, you're that, you're that guy? And then when they hear my funny Boston slash English slash West Virginian accent, it gives me away every time. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I appreciate the insight. I always kind of wondered about a lot of that stuff. Um, but now that it's behind you, right, that's, that's, yeah. that's good for opening doors. Like you said, people are going to take calls that they might not have otherwise. Uh, yeah. You got this yeah. giant fund. It, it helps open doors. So, I mean, that's all, that's all good stuff, right? Yeah, look, I, le I learned about, you know, in business, I like reciprocity. Okay? Yeah. Yep. I, 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 it's important to me. Reciprocity is important. Um, you know, one of the hardest things I learned from, from coming from my background was, was shaking somebody's hand, which you could back then. You're not allowed to shake hands anymore. Now it's just right. elbows. But 
you know, shaking somebody's hand and saying, hey, my name's Dave. I'm with, you know, Freedom Venture. Uh, how can I help you out, man? What, what can I do for you? And as much as I talk, I try very hard to listen as well. Um, and the better my listening skills, the better quality of relationships I get, not only personally, but also in business, right? Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time in, um, you know, transforming the old me to the new me kind of thing. You know what I mean? Learning, learning new habits, uh, learning entrepreneurial habits. And um, I, I attribute a lot of that to getting the show, being on the show, and then consequently carrying that momentum forward. You know, I'm doing podcasts like this now because I can contractually. I've been, right. I've been, I've been right. jacked been up a for a long down. time, man. I'm, yeah, I feel sure. Like a caged sure. lion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a caged lion. Yep. So um, it's exciting to meet new people and, uh, you know, begin to, to craft. And don't get me wrong, man, I, I've got fantastic relationships all over this country. You know, some people would never in a lifetime be able to build the kind of network that I've been blessed to build because of that sure. show. Yeah, but, no doubt. You know, at the same time, I'm excited to see who's next, who's the next investor coming into our fund. Yep. Who's the next investor to send an email or pick up the phone and say, Dave, thank you. You know, the roller, co you know, the roller coaster, the stock market, you know, I, I couldn't sleep. You know, yeah. the, the, the security and knowing that they're in, I, I look at them like this, Devin, I look at every um, uh, investment capital we take in is a, is a capital investment in a partnership. That's um, right. Because it, it really is. It's a partnership. It is. Um, and we don't make money on returns until they get their preferred return. Yep. So, you know, without it being cheesy, you know, I don't make money until you make money. Yeah. Hey, investments, right. That's, that's a, that's it's BS. a, it's a good model, right? I mean, it, it, you know, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good model. Yeah, it is. It's a real good business model. And we give, we give our investors, um, uh, 75% of the upside after the preferred returns. Yep. You know, yeah, the harder I work, the harder we work, the more money my investors make. That's a good business model, man. You know, that's a good business model. They can go be the best dentists, the best lawyers, the best doctors, the best entrepreneurs, the best restaurateurs that they can be. Think of our, our friends in the restaurant business right Oof. now have been yes. brutalized, brutalized. No and they're like, you know, they're like sitting on capital. And should I put it back into my business, they're asking, or should I put it into an investment? And mm -hmm. I say to them, look, your capital with us is going to earn these targeted returns for this period of time. And it's, you know, one year ramp up and then five year run with the capital. Then the fund is uh, liquidated. They get all their principal back plus their interest. I said, I think five years from now, we should know what it's all going to look like. Everything should shake out. Mm -hmm. So you can leave your, your you know, your, your business capital sitting in a, in a bank, losing money every single day. Right. Said, oh, you, you let it free, let one free so it can come back with two or three, um, you know, when we're using a two, two and a half multiplier on the capital. So um, we can help a lot of people who are hurting, man. You know, intelligent investors like us get to go out there, deploy capital intelligently, consistently, get the returns that we're looking to, to, to offer our investors. I don't know a better reciprocity scenario than that, if I can help yeah. somebody in, in that scenario. Does it make sense? That's it. Right? Yeah, yep. man, you structure something that, that everybody wins and it sure makes it easy to go do more of those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the word spreads. Yep, yep, you know? that's and then it. the word spreads. Simple model. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Well, Dave, this has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you coming on and spending some time. Um, 
definitely a little bit different story than some of our guests. And, and I love it, man. There's a lot to it. Um, we mentioned a little bit during the show, but just to kind of recap, and we'll put this in the show notes. Somebody wants to connect with you, reach out. What's the sure. best avenue for them to do that? Yeah, they can go. You can find me on, on LinkedIn and Facebook, right? Just sure. punching my name, Dave Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R, you'll find me. Um, but for more information on our fund, um, to see if you're qualified to, to do business with us and partner up with us, you would need to go to freedomventure.com, freedomventure.com. If you go over there, um, there's a free gift for you just for going to the website. Scroll down to the bottom. I just finished a, um, a, a book with um, my property manager and friend and marketing guru, a gentleman by the name of John Dessau. We just finished a book called um, Unlocking the Multifamily Code. Um, nice education piece, free download. And look, yeah, I'm going to capture your email address and I'm going to, I'm going to follow through and talk to you afterwards. But, sure. you know, um, if you're a doctor, lawyer, dentist, and even if you're not, grab the information. It's free. There's nothing better than an educated investor to partner with because then everybody has the same expectations and understanding going in. So, yeah, grab me over at uh, freedomventure.com. There's a free download there for an ebook, um, Or you can, you know, hunt me down on, on Facebook and, um, and LinkedIn. I think we've even got like a cool YouTube video or something now. I mean, I don't know, man. I know how to make money. I don't know how to do all that stuff. <laughs> Let the team do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. Dave, uh, really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. No, you're welcome. I'm sorry I took up all the oxygen. I hope I brought some value to your listeners. No, I love it. That's what the, that's what the show's for. You know, I, I, get your perspective and, and everybody's got a little bit different approach to this thing. And, and I love, uh, love hearing your perspective. And I know our audience will appreciate it too. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Take right. care of each other and it'll all be good, man. All right. Hey, God bless. See all ya. right. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.